0: Hello, welcome back to What's Their Face. My name is Scott, I go by they, she pronouns, and today we are with Sarah Johnson. It's so nice to have you here, Sarah. Thank you so much for spending time with us, I really appreciate it. How's your day treated you so far? Wild,
1: in fact, I've been running around uh, doing lots of things fitting. Actually, yesterday and today were both like extremely busy, way too many meetings. And I've gotten so used to like virtual meetings where you can cram a bunch in a row. And then now that it's like this interesting hybrid mix of some virtual and some in reality, and then you're all over the... The city and then when you're on a bike it makes it extra fun so I actually stole the car today
0: so I love that I was gonna ask are you on a bike <sighs> full-time or are you like a one-car household how does that work for you yeah
1: we're a one-car household I um years ago sold my Honda Element because my car mechanic was like it's not starting because you don't drive it enough and I was like "Well, that's dumb cars are dumb I would rather have a hot tub so in fact I sold my Honda Element and I bought a hot tub <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. I love that so much because I have a very similar story, only not with the Honda Element, which was my first car. Oh, nice. I, I do miss my Honda Element, my totally little toaster. Green. Um mine was like a cherry red. Oh nice. Okay, nice. I really, green. I really love that thing. The hatchback. Perfect for so high school good. tailgates. Loved it so much. Yes. But you know, over time it was really interesting. I was doing a lot of like travel out of the country, and each time I would leave for months on end with a car payment not really understanding what I was doing, spending so much money when I wasn't using it. And it would just sit there. I wouldn't right. necessarily let anyone borrow it, which now that I look back, I really wish I had like figured out some sort of like car, car sharing. sharing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I sold it and it's been, shoot, like two and a half years now. And I just recently got an electric bike, which yes. has been really nice. Yeah. Are you on one? I am. How does that Although, make you feel? <laughs> oh, I
1: have so many feelings around my electric bike. Um, So I used to be a total purist, like, bike hater to be frank i
0: didn't realize there were purists i have to be honest i had no idea until getting an electric bike that there were people who hated that are jerky haters
1: i know and i was one of the haters and now i'm like sad about myself slash grateful for my perspective change because so ugh, how much time do we have so much time okay good because so i used to like race mountain bikes and was you know definitely not on a motorized bike like I was the motor and I was proud of that fact and you know being in the bike industry for a long time as a woman let alone owning a bike shop as a woman you know I was constantly having to like stand up for myself and like prove my worth because like obviously I have a penis so I can't fix a flat it's like all that shit um and so then I was like well um so then when I got sick I was still like I can tough this out. Like mm-hmm. I can I can just fucking ride a bike. It's fine. Like yes, I feel like I'm being stabbed in my ovary oh, yeah. all the time. still that ingrained female yeah. narrative. You're like, no, right. "No, no, no.
0: Everything's awful in my yep. body, but I can still keep Look moving, for smile forward. and <laughs> run this
1: business. It's fine. Everything's fine."
0: <sighs> just wilting.
1: Seriously. And the the way that I found out that I was like in need of going to the emergency room is because my favorite group ride that I would lead every year it was the Haunted Hummel ride because I would always call October Biketober because it's the best month. That is when I opened the shop, blah, blah, blah. So we were getting ready to go on this like Haunted Hummel ride. We had a big group ready and we're getting ready to push off. And I was just like, I can't stand up straight guys. So like, I'm not sure I can lead this ride. So I bailed and went to the hospital and they're like, oh yeah, you're uh. Your fallopian tube's imploding. I was like, oh, that's why it feels bad. It's just a really
0: casual (laughs) thing to learn. You're like, wait, but I actually have this, right? I have to go on. People are counting on me right now. For
1: real. Yeah. So that was how I determined that things were wrong inside of me. What Um, year was this? God, 16? Okay. Is that right? 16 or 17. What is time? Especially with 2020. It's like that disappeared, but also was important. It's, I don't know.
0: Everything is an absolute blur. I keep referring to things as a year ago. And then I'm like, wait, no, I actually mean 2019. Right. Two years ago. Yes. Yeah, Ow.
1: for real. That's okay. like, and I'm—I've never been like great with linear time. So now that the COVID got tossed in, it's like extra scrambly. Just but to throw
0: you for a loop for at least another decade, and then maybe probably. by the 30s you'll catch on. It's, it's okay. possible.
1: It's hard to say. So some time ago, I had an explosive fallopian tube, mm-hmm. uh, and then so that turned into lots of days in the hospital, and um, then thought maybe i wasn't gonna have to have a surgery but then they're like oh yeah just kidding you have to have a surgery so they removed they went in to take one tube and they're like wow they're both messed up and endometriosis is the story so both of my tubes were trashed and my right ovary this is a lot of information dear <laughs> listeners um but you know when you're like leaking green and in pain all the time apparently that's what they have to do to like fix that stuff yeah. so so had that surgery and they're like okay you're fine now and i was like great because i've got like you know a small business to run. Um, and I was not doing well with the recovery part because mm-hmm. I was supposed to be like laying low and doing nothing for six weeks. And I was like, I'll be lucky if I get like three days off. I have not a lot of employees and I kind of run the show. So, like, Ugh, I guess I'm going back to work. Right. So that was like just a terrible cycle because then I had to have another surgery because I wasn't feeling better. And then that was a full hysterectomy. So then I like went into menopause at 37 years old and like hot flashes and all the shit. And your body is weird. That is what I have learned is like bodies are real weird. Uh,
0: I feel like a lot of women learn that when they like have children or something. So it's it's interesting that like on the opposite end of that, you're you know walking away from this experience like okay, cool. So um still that area of my body is absolutely betraying me. It y'all. is a complete foreign entity. I have no idea where that came from. Yep. And I also have a business to run, which yes. is super great.
1: Right. And I was raised with, and then this is like extra deep if we're going there, go, go, go. Uh, Christian Science. Are you familiar?
0: I am familiar. I remember very briefly, um, just a little background uh, for the fine folks that are listening. We originally were recording um, a documentary and I was um, kind of shooting some behind the scenes photos for our producer, Joshua LaBeer's documentary, which Sarah was featured and you just casually dropped that in there as we were doing a lit drop. Yeah. I, I'm starting to notice that you just casually sprinkle in these things, and I love it. So no, go for it. Let's it's talk about just, it. It's just,
1: yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm sort of egomaniacal because I'm like, this is a weird thing that I like sort of want to share with people because I'm like, do you understand how fuck this is?
0: Right, uh, I think I think that comes from a lot of things, though, where it's just like, okay, I don't know where else to put this energy, so will you take on some of this? Will go. you be a container yeah. for this story? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be a container for this story. So let's, let's
1: Scott, golly. Let's listen to it. Yeah, so basically... And I mean, I love my mom to pieces. I still, you know, we're good friends. I just talked to her on the way here. Um, She's delightful. She's also a little bit, uh, you know, delusional. I'll just, I mean, she's, you know, she, she has some opinions. raised with, yeah. And like her mom was a Christian scientist and her mom was, so it's like, I'm breaking the cycle because mm-hmm. I am not religious. Um, But anyway, so the point of the story is you don't. I was not taught to listen to my body. My body was not a conversation piece ever growing up. Like I broke my arm as a kid and like, we tried to pray it out. Uh, you know, eventually when I was wrestling with my little brother, I was
0: five years old
1: uh, and I was only using my left arm and not my right. My dad, who's not a Christian scientist, was like, we're taking her to the hospital. Like something's wrong.
0: Okay. That's such an interesting dynamic though, that your mom was a Christian scientist
1: and my dad mm-hmm. is not. Yeah. How did that affect the way that you were raised? If we're going to go there, let's, let's just, just like really just dive into it. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is a very interesting, like sometimes I'm, and again, my parents are still together. They met at Central High School a bazillion years ago. Okay. Um, I'm 40. They've been married, yeah, for like since 72, I think. So, like, a very long time. There's a little a lot of times where I'm like, why are you still married?
0: How does this work? Yeah.
1: Um, Give me a guideline. <laughs> it's weird. Like, it's weird because my dad, you know, like, understands medicine and Mm. my mom does not notices when you have a broken arm right you know things (laughs) like that and then so now with like COVID and shit that's extra weird because she didn't get the shot and my dad I was like signing him up the day that they let people his age group I was like dad here's the website let's get you ready for your vaccine and my mom hasn't got one
0: and she won't okay um I know you can't see my face because this is a podcast I am just so (laughs) right confused welcome to my life okay right yeah and I
1: like you know I start off as a biology major because mm-hmm. I think it's because I was kind of deprived growing up from a lot of these conversations and like wow bodies are weird and biology is interesting and like science is cool yeah and yeah not necessarily so.
0: not necessarily something you're incredibly passionate about and want to do for the rest of your life right but it's like all of a sudden you have this subject that's been kept from you for yeah. most of the time and you're like oh wait I can just yeah pursue it's okay this and to learn talk about, about, about my like own my body. tummy
1: hurts like that's not something that you're just going to be like oh you know what let's just know the truth and God's got it and. You know, that so. whole
0: situation. So when you went through all these <laughs> surgeries, how yeah. did your mom? We didn't talk about it. Oh, you just didn't talk just about it. Didn't really talk about it. Okay. Yep. So while you're in bed right. having these conversations, right. I mean, do you have like weekly, monthly conversations? Um, we talk a lot. Uh-huh. I just very
1: specifically have learned over the decades mm-hmm. to not talk to her about this type of thing because she'll be like, oh, that's no part of you. It's very deep. Like it's super. <sighs> um, you can just know her responses. Yeah. Yes, oh, can't. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. yeah. And so it's like, you know what? I could either put myself through that and feel like you're just devaluing it's not the word I'm looking for just it's super um yeah I just feel like shit you know (laughs) so it's like I just don't want to have those conversations with you because I I have people in my life that I can have these conversations and like thank god for my partner also named Scott um you know he has been the most supportive wonderful human through all this because like it has been very traumatic uh with like I mean I I literally the first time I was in the hospital my no longer doctor because fuck him took my iud out using an iphone flashlight so like that's
0: a thing that should never happen to anyone i'm gonna scream um i also have an iud and yeah. i remember like the whole just even the procedure leading up to that or like the way they talk to you it's like oh this mm-hmm. isn't a big deal and of mm-hmm. course every other resource that you look into yeah i feel like just honestly this goes for all fem health right. unfortunately right. but you look it up online and it's all these people with very in- traumatic yeah. stories right. try not to freak you out but to you know also like let you know like this is just the facts of the world yes here they are you should know what's going yeah, you've on you got to know what you're getting into and then your doctor's like oh it's just like a pinch not a big deal Fortunately, like the insertion of my IUD was not that big of a deal. I was kind of confused as to why it wasn't, which still leads me to believe that it's in there wrong. It's been like three years, but I still have an inkling that I'm like, is Mm -hmm. it just going to fall out? Yeah. It just fascinates me how little information you're given. Right. And then you're just asked like, oh, well, no, you just need like one primary care doctor. Yeah. Why? Oh, you want a second opinion? Why do you want a second opinion? Will your insurance even cover that second opinion? Right. Right. So how did you navigate that? I know we're just jumping around. I should warn that I think we're both tangent queens. Yeah, this is like super
1: fun for me. (laughs) This is fun for me. Yeah, I think that we're gonna have. Yeah, sorry, Josh. We love you so much, Josh. Josh is like probably playing solitaire. Just like, please stop, you guys. Are you done yet? (laughs) (sighs) Um, Yeah. No. How did
0: you? How did you? How did you navigate those waters? Because that seems.
1: It was a nightmare. That's why I closed my shop because I was literally suicidal at a point because this was too much for me. And I didn't really know who to ask or who, you know, like I didn't, I just had no resources to Mm -hmm. deal with this. Um, and I kind of was like going down this like fuck capitalism road anyway. And so then between like the health issues and the right. And so then it was just like, Oh, well, this is kind of the excuse I needed to actually get out of this. And I was not really into employees. And like Josh and I have talked over the years about like co-ops feel better and labor is strange and like there's just so Mm. many pieces to it that didn't feel right for me anymore and then when like my body was imploding i was like i guess this is the sign i've been looking for isn't that just the strangest thing that
0: they always say like okay listen to your body it'll tell you what it needs and it's like okay well it's exploding right now so what does that mean does that mean i need to blow up everything else in my life to match but i mean kind of did let's talk about the bike shop i mean i feel like omaha bicycle co was there from like before Benson was like super commercialized. Yeah. Um, can you give us. A, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Can you give us a little bit of background on what it was like? Yeah. It's not only own the shop, but also open up in Benson before all the bars are really booming. I mean, of course there were sprinkles, Yeah, but yeah. what is it? What was it like to just yeah. like, really go through that and witness it?
1: Yeah. So, and this is actually something I've never really talked about publicly before. Um, But the shop I opened before I was totally exploited by my, prior boss and then actually sexually harassed and then fired and then all never again (laughs) truly never again because yes so started my own shop with my then well we actually broke up because i was like i can't date you and start the shop and you're my mechanic and like I got fired and he quit. It was.
0: Ugh. Don't even get me started on owning a business with past partners. Drama. I will never do it again. Right. I love you so much, Taylor. I will never right. own a business with you. Super <laughs>
1: duper. Very smart. Yes. You have to like do it before you learn it. And so like exactly. we, we, we done did it. We done did it. Yeah. And so then. um. God. Yeah. There's I won't. You know, he has his own shop now mm-hmm. and he he hates me. I don't hate him. I like try to wave to him anytime I see him ride by and he like very clearly like turns his head he's very cool he thinks so anyway um but so we opened the shop and then we broke up and he started sleeping with my barista literally in the shop and then so uh i had to let them go it was it's so there's just like a lot that is in there that that little bike shop there um but yeah so so we opened in 2012 and then um yeah so it was really actually a great experience in a lot of ways. I mean, I love Benson. I love the community mm-hmm. that we've built there. Um, we meaning all of us. And it's not the, like, it's not Pete Vesterson that came in and, like, did a streetscape retrofit. It's like, no, it's the fucking hardworking artists and business operators that are in their day-to-day blood, sweat, and tears making that district what it is. Okay, Pete. Um, but it was really cool to kind of like watch it grow and be a part of that. Um, and like BFF, you know, that was I, I remember those the people first, are incredible. Yeah, it's it's really there's so much good there. So I'm grateful that I, you know, was was part of that. And I was also grateful and spoiled privileged white girl. My uncle bought the building and then I bought the building from him. Mm-hmm. And so now I own the building and I turned down a broy white dude who wanted to put a bar in there because I want a drip and drape to be
0: in there. Yes. Okay. So that's definitely something I wanted to talk about is that bar was going to be so sick though. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I really want to talk about drip and drape specifically because I think especially, you know, as an independent, um, there's this whole sort of feeling around being a landlord and I'm so curious gross. to know exactly. You say gross. Yeah. I want to, I want to know how you I don't manage like that word. Yeah, it's a lot. What would you right. call yourself? What, what, how would you categorize like your ownership of this building? Property owner, perfect, done. So, what is your relationship? Which with I don't even and own it. Like I pay a
1: bank. You know, it's like right. what is ownership? I don't know. I have just so many feelings about words. <laughs> That's my bio. Sarah Johnson has feelings about words. So
0: many things about words. We'll get through them all. Um, who wants to provide us with a dictionary? This is the actually actual new podcast. We just go through each word that we'd like to really dismantle. Here's my feelings about. <laughs> Somebody. no but sincerely like how how do you navigate that relationship with dripped and draped specifically constant
1: communication I constant communication how did you because choose they, them they well because it was badass duo of black sisters who want to open a coffee shop and a clothing shop okay there's already a coffee counter built in there like i just loved them yeah natural transition um, yeah and actually my realtor kind of like tried to tell me to take the other offer because oh, money the other, yeah yeah <laughs> money there's that whole capitalism piece again um but I was like you know what there's plenty of bars in Benson and mm-hmm. there's not plenty of coffee clothing shops owned by black sisters and that's who you know that's just for me it was a clear choice yeah. um and so they um opened <laughs> the week the country shut down yeah so that was a lot.
0: I remember that because I, I remember like hearing everything that was going on around it and being like, oh yeah,'ll I'll, I'll hit up Benson when I'm back because I was in I was out of the country at the time and uh once I got there, I was like, oh, never mind. I Psych. guess I'll visit it later
1: yeah, yeah. and like later has never come really, you know, like I it's know. still. Like the pandemic's not over. I think that we all need to just like be real clear about that because everyone's like, oh, back during the pandemic. I was like, what do you mean? It's not over. Like, oh, no, exactly. it's blown up again. Also, I was just talking about
0: that the cool. other day when we were recording, like the first part of this whole like introduction of what's their face is like I said um, mid pandemic and then I had to stop myself and go, well, I think actually technically we are still mid pandemic yeah I don't know how this works again I mean like you I'm not great with linear time yeah I'm not gonna pretend that I am but feels very strange yeah Uh.
1: yeah yeah so the worst time to open a business is the short story and I mean I've never been so grateful to be out of retail who who, who. I yeah because a lot of people are like oh man you just closed the bike shop down at the worst time because now everybody wants bikes and I was like yeah
0: okay (laughs) supply
1: is non-existent I've still got buddies in bike shops across the country and everyone's like oh my god it's the worst like you can't even get chains I mean now it's a little bit better but like who tubes were I mean it's just crazy so it's random thing very very glad to not be in the business but which is why I had so much empathy for these delightful humans who just opened a retail establishment during the fucking pandemic Mm -hmm. it's like oh okay countrywide shutdown slash grand opening great
0: and that wasn't their first business, right? They no. are involved in other businesses yes. around Omaha. Yes, yes.
1: So um, again, it's sisters. So mm. one of the sisters owns Mixins, the ice cream, which they're blowing up. They just oh, yeah. opened another. I shoot location. photos for them. They're doing great. They're awesome. Um, again, both the sisters, Bandra and Vanel, I love them. Like they're delightful. Uh, and then the other sister owns, I think it's called Maximum Heights Child Academy. Yes, it is. So you know, so they've got their own things going on with other partners on those businesses, mm-hmm. and then they partnered to open Dripped and Draped. Um, and I want to be respectful of them and not, like, talk about how financially difficult it's been and how many, you know, like, I, I don't want to say anything. I don't think that anything I'm going to say would make them uncomfortable. I think, you know, the concept is we've just been in very close communication about yeah. what is doable for them. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I, again, use your privilege. The only exactly. thing that's bad about privilege is if you don't use it. So I'm like, okay, well, you know what? My rich Uncle Jim, before he passed, bought me the building and I bought it from him. So, like, let me just... Make sure that you can stay there as long as it's comfortable for you. That's the mm-hmm. other thing is I'm like, I'm not trying to give you, you know, discounted rent to like keep you there forever. Oh, if yeah. this doesn't work for you, There's just consent let me on know. both ends. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Do you
0: even want to be here is the question right. that you should be asking yes. constantly. Right, right. Because then otherwise there's oh, there's so much pressure that we I don't have to go Right, into. exactly.
1: And so that's why I'm like, that's why... I mean, again, don't like to use the word landlord, Mm -hmm. but it's like, that's why I'm bad at capitalism, right? Because I'm like, how does your heart (laughs) feel bad at capitalism? I want a button that says
0: that and just put it on every piece of clothing I own. You can make
1: t-shirts. I've made a lot of (laughs) t-shirts over the years. Actually, that's kind of how we started the bike shop aside from. Some of my old customers started to go fund me and then we sold bike gang t-shirts like that see, was
0: perfect. Yeah. Okay. So we should collaborate on some merch. Totally I would love should. to see. <laughs> there
1: we are. capitalisming. Capitalisming. Oh, we'll, we'll We're put it towards it.
0: something very interesting. Yeah. yeah. It'll be worth <laughs> it for everyone. No. Okay. That's so interesting. I yeah. specifically just Benson for me was always a space where, you know, I would go when I was really young, too young and I would drink. And it's just like I never really saw the community behind it until I learned about, you know, Omaha Bicycle Co. And all my friends that like cycled in that area, like Michael Hennings and like Tim Maids and all those really like wonderful people. And then, of course, on the other end of that, then um, seeing like I guess all these restaurants pop up. It was really it was really cool. But then BFF really made it, it such a positive space for me, at least as a part of the LGBTQ2S plus space. I just wanted somewhere to like exist that I didn't feel self conscious. Yep. And so, there are all those really great positives, but of course, again, it's been so commercialized, and it's turning into an interesting direction. I think. Any opinions on like the future of Benson? What you see happening? Hopefully, positive things. If you have them, but
1: yeah, I have. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I've been in Benson doing this stuff for for a while, so I do have a lot of opinions. Funny so yeah. you should ask. Um. I still love Benson. Mm-hmm. I am. I mean, that's again. That's why I said no to another white dude wanting to open a bar. Because yeah. I'm like, I bought this building because I am a control freak and I love my neighborhood and I want to make sure it's not just 100% drunk all the time, just like 90% drunk. Um, and so it's not a bar on purpose, mm-hmm. and it will probably never be a bar if I own the building. Um, I don't know. I I'm hopeful because I know that there are really good people in Benson, and that's the community that drew me there. You know, it was like right well, part of the reason I was there is cuz like, oh, it's affordable. <laughs> That's why. And actually, when we were looking for a space, that was Omabra, and it was not for rent or for sale or anything, but it was like right after I got fired and I Vince and I were just riding around Benson like looking for spaces to lease and like there were some buildings that weren't like technically for lease, but we were kind of inquiring. Mm-hmm. And so I called the number on the door of Omabra and left a message. Uh, I didn't leave a message. I just called and hung up. She called back and she's like, this is uh, Kathy. It was totally Kathy from Oma Bra. And uh, did you call about a bra fitting? And I was like, fun fact, Kathy, I don't wear bras, but I'd like your building. Could we talk about that? Um, and she's like, actually, my husband and I just last night were talking about how we maybe should sell it. And I was like, could oh, you yeah, sell it like,
0: to me? You're like, great. I'm looking for different structural support. Yeah, but we're here. Yes. We're kind of on the same page. But... <laughs>
1: Nice. Indeed. That. Yep. So so good old Kathy sold the building to my Uncle Jim, and then I bought it from him. And then Sonny. he died. Um, but, you know, yeah. so he was another Christian scientist who didn't know what was happening, and then he had a think a stroke. But who will ever know? We will never know because we do not talk about it. Because
0: Honestly, that whole, if we could just spin and cycle into that the entire chapter. It's not, a
1: lot. Not, not, not to today, be punny maybe, in this situation, but, holy but moly. oof,
0: the it's a lot <laughs> so much to unpack honestly I feel like you could truly have your own podcast just talking about like all the events that have led you
1: here sometimes I think about writing a book because I do have so not? many words yeah yeah that whole like underemployed thing that would be now I could I have time to do that. Although, again, like, no, I don't actually have time. I was going to say,
0: don't you love when you take a moment? Podcast idea. Underemployed. (laughs)
1: Ah, yes. Because you need another podcast to produce, my friend.
0: Essie's currently editing something for Softie Softie right now. Okay, okay. He can only get away with that because it's for softy and it's not technically a podcast. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. It's not as though you did not just get out of this very giant thing in your life. Several giant things. Do you want to talk about the election and all of that? (laughs) Okay. so start off, obviously or not so obviously. Sweet, sweet listeners. Um, Sarah here ran for, you know, a city council position. In District 1. Yeah. And um, it was really interesting to me how you got into that because I feel like it was a little bit later than the rest of your peers. Can you kind of Quite. describe like, I'm sorry, what was the moment in which you were like, I need to run for city council right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So
1: let's just back up a little bit. We talked about exploding fallopian tubes and closing down the shop. Yep. So the plan was, because plans are hilarious, never have plans. But the plan was 2020, I will marry Scott Blake and then I will have another surgery because I have found a specialist and then I will do something next. And then it was like, haha, COVID, cancel the wedding. Instead of two days worth of parties, you will have 10 people, including yourselves. And about that surgery, you actually did find a specialist. Way to go. So last They're August. Right. Yeah. So that was not even a year ago. I had my last surgery. Crossing my fingers, I just said last surgery without knocking on wood. That was very risky. I don't. Anywho, wait. I have some wood next thank to me. You. I've knocked on it. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, oh my gosh, I actually like kind of feel okay. And I lost both of my, I had like some consulting jobs. I was working for the Benson Neighborhood Association. Mm-hmm. I was going to produce their indie race. And then I was doing some freelance writing for a construction company that wouldn't let me put my name on it because they know that the mayor hates me. That's another <laughs> story. But anywho, so then both of those jobs <laughs> went away because COVID. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. Don't have, like, a full-time job. uh. Do have a lot of passion. Am at City Hall already. Have a lot of feelings about how things could be going better. And then I was like, I, well, so I was volunteering for Cami a little bit, volunteer for Naomi a little bit. And I was like, you know it would be real cool as if there was somebody that I wanted to volunteer for in District 1.
0: Hmm. But yeah. who was your option in District 1? So, I feel like you might not have been able to support mm, that. <laughs> there were three
1: options. One was anti-mask. One was anti-musk. And one was part-time Pete, as he is apparently lovingly called. I didn't know that. I learned so much That's a new the one. Campaign. I'm going to have
0: to use that.
1: i tell you what. I like it a lot. Yeah. So Pete's not the worst. He's just been there forever. And he's already got like a very full-time job at a hospital with two children. Like, yeah, my beef with Pete is he stopped returning my emails.
0: So well, don't a do that in the next pretty big just, issue as a city council member. You know, you gotta. Um, I don't know. Maybe talk to your constituents. That's like
1: very be involved ideas, in your community. Maybe show
0: up. About. You know, no. it's just it's no, it's a not. thought for next time. You know, some for the suggestion box. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah so from those so three options like mm-hmm.
1: so then i didn't like those options and then i was trying i was actually tapped precious mckesson i was like hey precious you're awesome you could be a great city council person i would like to vote for you right. and she's like um no and i was like <laughs> shoot okay so then actually ali peeler and i were like rock paper scissors who's gonna do it and um because you know we were both at city hall once in a while i you know and i heard caught wind that maybe she wanted to do it and I was like yes who is it that it's not me that would be great um and then she's like hey I've got like two kids and like you know and I was like shit I don't have any excuses you know I don't have a full-time job I don't have children I apparently have my health back I guess I'm gonna do this so that's really kind of what happened is just because I didn't want it to be no one running against Pete and I didn't think that the other two candidates were viable right and so I think, I mean, 12 years, he's been there for 12 years, and now he's going to be there for 16 years. And that's, again, too many years.
0: Honestly, my brain is still exploding. I yeah. I don't understand how someone um, is so comfortable with being in a position and doing so little and having, like, <laughs> not a whole lot of, like, really great, positive, impactful change they've made on the community and instead have this, like, very great nickname, though. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. So you into the race. Yes. Is this January? When is this? Uh, this is. Why am I saying January? This is not January. Was it January?
1: It was definitely that very end of January.
0: <laughs> See, here's where we're coming <laughs> yeah. back to the whole 2020 thing, right? I thought January. And I'm like, Well, there's no way because that was before the pandemic.
1: <sighs> Isn't it so hard to it know <laughs> like when any of
0: it happened? I know. I need to start like just maybe instead just of a Sharpie, just it tattoo down. it on my forearm. Just be like calendar. You A year has changed. Anyway, yeah. so this is January. It was January. Not the easiest time to lit drop and start putting your name out there yeah like not only is it during
1: a pandemic but like oh winter great that'll be a fun everyone in omaha loves winter and you
0: know what it's it's a really good time to do lit drops it's also a great time to just get out there when you don't have a car (laughs) dude
1: i tell you what it was not it was not great um so the only thing that was like cool about it was like oh there's no rules because there's this has never been done so like i'm pretty into just making up my own way of doing things so that was like kind of fine um but yeah it was i was so inspired by again naomi and cammy and jasmine like these badass women that were running all over the city and district one was the only well that other woman whose name i'm sorry i'm not trying to be her i don't i literally don't remember her name <laughs> the woman that i ran against the anti cosmic That's who it was. Got it. Yeah, she was anti-mask. Very Republican, Trump-supporting, back-the-blue type of a person. Understood. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I would like you to not get through the primary. Um, and so, yeah, so I started just kind of being like, oh, geez, here I did this thing where I said I would do it. Crap. And it was like, the other reason that i decided i guess i should do it is because like i had people sending me logos and i had people offering to give me money and i had people that were like i'll volunteer to do this and then at a point it was just like this is ridiculous like i have to do this so i just you did had it. people
0: making you logos before you even announced that you were gonna like run. three
1: months before okay and it's the one that i used
0: keep those people in your life oh they I love, love that <laughs> straight from me
1: <laughs> even better. sorry i just outed you neighbor who likes to remain anonymous <laughs>
0: um but so you ran as an independent, which is what I'm assuming you mean when you refer to, you know, this has never been done before.
1: Well, and also just like, you know, pandemic. Oh, uh, yeah. But
0: then also, yeah, that small little thing. That's yeah.
1: But yeah, so I uh, switched registration. So I was an independent for a long time. And then I actually re-registered as a Democrat to caucus for Bernie. And then I just never undemocrated okay. myself until um, CJ of the Democrats stood up at the um police contract hearing last year and was like no the democrats are very into this police contract and i was like dude that is not the good kind of union that is the mob type of union No,
0: well, it's not going and that I was direction. just like you know what
1: there's been a lot of things that i and like all the petty bullshit like i'm just not real impressed with the party plus i just am an independent so i re-registered as an independent and um i certainly didn't think i was going to be running for office um but I don't know that that would have changed anything. Um, but I certainly had fewer resources since I was partyless,
0: party-free. Do you want to talk about those resources? Because okay, being partyless, um, even something as simple as an app that's been created for you to help you lit drop is just yeah. not even available. Right. No. So I'm curious how you brought that together. Like, did you have a team besides just you and your sweet husband Scott? Yeah. What did that kind of look like behind the scenes? What yeah. What What were Sarah Johnson's headquarters like? Ooh, okay, so
1: it was definitely my my biggest tip would be marry a spreadsheet nerd who is an artist who works from home and then you can take over his life and he can just use his time to be your campaign manager. That's effectively what happened. Sounds doable. Um, and then, yeah. So then, um, I had, you know, my graphic design person, um, who volunteered some of his time to get the website up and going. I have another friend who's like a communications person, um, for now she actually works for rabble mill, but she did work for like an international Anyway, so a good communications person, a good design person, a good data person, and then I was just like the loudmouth with the ideas that like was stupid enough to be like, okay, I'll be the one that puts my name on the stupid posters everywhere. It's very strange and kind of gross to have your name on yard signs. Like I don't like anything about
0: it. I'd be very confused all the time. It's weird. Like I just see like my name like just Scott. Like even when your husband pops up on my like yeah. on my Instagram feed. It still just kind of, like, takes me for a spin. It's, yeah. It's Try being a
1: Sarah Johnson. There were fucking three of us at Central High School when I went there. And, like, there was a naughty one who was selling drugs in the bathroom. And I would get the referral to
0: the office and I'd be like, I'm the good, like, dorky Sarah Johnson who's on the varsity volleyball Could game. you imagine if someone passed by one of your signs and went, oh, that's what she's doing the with her life girl now. was
1: selling weed in the bathroom <laughs> no Like, it's a different Sarah Johnson.
0: But there's a lot of us out there. so. It sounds like you kind of just like pulled from this really beautiful pool of people you've kind of had already around you in your life. Exactly right. That is the whole reason I did it is because people wanted me
1: to do it and people wanted me to open the bike shop and people, you know, like, I'm just kind of like, okay, what are we doing now? Because it's never me. It's like, what are we doing? And so we decided that we needed a better representative and then not enough of us actually decided that because only 5,500 people voted for me. But, you know, I was in district
0: one, I would have voted for you. My partner was able to vote for you. I'll be district one. Nice sure in the next four years yeah.
1: yeah yeah i mean it's like you said i i was very late to the game um a lot of people thought it was comical that i was even going to try to like get through the primary when i i mean the the moment i will tell you the moment that i was like i'm fucking doing it and it was listening to amanda gorman's poem during inauguration i was okay, like, well, that'll do oh, i just got goosebumps thinking
0: about it okay so here we are
1: justice is isn't always justice and i was like that's true i'm fucking doing this as i was like weeping
0: oh no I remember very specifically when that was going on um our old co-host Leslie and I somehow worked together in a corporate office and we also sat right across from each other and so we both had like our phones on our desks headphones in and with my wife by the way oh yeah (laughs) With, with our producer Joshua's wife which just Still cracks me up, but that that was a part of my life. Pandemic really changed a lot of things. No doubt. But I remember so specifically being super casual because it's very like Republican office. Everyone hated this. Like most people hated that this was happening. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm just going to be casual and like watch this while I work. And I'm just weeping yeah. at my desk. Like everything's fine, guys. I'm yeah. normal. This Allergies. is great. Well, I'm glad In that what came January. out of that, even if it was his presidency, was also you running, which even if some people thought it was comical, I found it, I found it to be, again, comforting because I saw people like you and Cammy and Naomi and like Sarah Smolin, like all these people with such kind faces and wonderful ideas coming together and also making history. Like, There's that. How does that feel?
1: Yeah, that was part of the impetus as well because it was like if, you know, once I kind of stepped up, yeah, there was every single district and the mayor all had women running so it was pretty cool and multiple women in a few of the races which is cool too so it was it was a good thing for sure um I felt extremely spoiled and inspired by all of them you know I just I I actually this is really funny I was this was before I decided to do it I was I'm gratefully good buddies with naomi now but this was like right when i was kind of just fangirling over her oh my god who is this human where how do i not know her she lives in Maybe that's in <laughs> like yeah exactly like i want to i want to know her so i was walking into the bookworm because we were doing like a volunteer meetup for lit drops for her and i was like i kind of can't find anyone else to run in district one it might be me people keep telling it's me but like i kind of don't know and she's like sarah you might not want to do it it's kind of terrible but
0: that's the best part it's like it's that honesty and she's like yeah this is, is gonna, gonna be hard yeah <laughs> buckle up but also like do you even want to buckle up do you just maybe kind of want to like loosen just up and just like leave just, maybe just yeah. leave yeah um uh, i love that she she started you off like just maybe just don't do it
1: yeah that was real
0: talk But I
1: was like, ah, what's the worst? I could, like, I can do anything for a few months. And, you know, after, like, going through all of the bullshit that I had just dealt with, it did seem like I could do anything for three months. And then it was, like, a few weeks in, and Scott and I were, like, crying together over, you know, it was, like, it was a lot. It was a lot.
0: (sighs) It was a lot. How have you processed it since This is the most I've processed it right
1: now. No, Um, you know, I write a lot for myself, just, like, my little journal, um. And I talk a lot, so, you know, I just kind of, whoever listens, (laughs) that's why I have a podcast with Josh, although grateful we don't talk about that too much. Um, No, it's a lot. I mean, actually, there is going to be kind of like a little follow-up debriefing with some candidates and like, yeah, we, we all, I mean, that was what was so beautiful about it, right? It's like, Cammy and Naomi and I were like in constant text messaging, just like, can you believe this bullshit? Like, there were just so many constant things that were just extra bad. And I'm, again, privileged white woman. These are like not privileged white women necessarily so like of course we all have the the, oh you're a woman you can't do anything but then like the black woman piece I just their strength and their poise I admire the hell out of those women and yeah I just feel like it was worth it because I got a lot of wonderful relationships out of the deal so while it was extremely painful and I do not recommend it uh yeah it was I mean I got I got some cool friends out of the deal.
0: So what you're saying is, is you're not going to run again.
1: Correct. <laughs> Everyone's like, I'm saving my signs so that you're going to run again in four years. And I was like, could I Thanks. be part of that
0: conversation? Because yeah. like, I think maybe not. <laughs> it's like, okay, the first time there wasn't a whole lot of like me consenting to being in this. And right. now again, okay, maybe we just keep that for history, see, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but we won't <sighs> use that again. Let's really, not stick that back in the yard anytime soon. No. And
1: there's, you know, what's really sweet is there are still some yards with my signs in them. And I'm just like, you're so cute. Thank
0: I you. have noticed some of those. I still see. See Jasmine every now yeah. and again. I still see Cam. I see Cammy yeah. a lot, which is like right. so. Yes, it just warms my heart. Well, people need hope. That's the biggest piece of it. Okay, I remember like on the night we're all watching the news. I was at Jasmine's event. <laughs> we're just sitting there. Yeah, just sitting there, waiting, looking, being really hopeful. Right. You know, but then all of a sudden, just like this, like silence. And I think it's when you kind of just realize, but the buildup is so strong, which is why I'm like, how are you processing that afterwards? Cause it's one thing to be on the side, support, do lit drops, you know, even just witnessing on social media, as far removed as you possibly can be on social media. But then to also be in the thick of it, it's good to hear that you have like these like external sort of like forces, like really like actually setting you up for success. But oof, there's nothing that
1: can like make it, not as traumatic and painful, you know, like even talking. Well, there's no resources. Yeah. There's
0: uh, not. Is there like a guideline for you? Again,
1: like especially therapy? as an independent, I'm, I've actually <laughs> contemplated going back to therapy to just yeah. kind of process some of it because, um, but generally my style is just like next, like just keep going. Just why would well, you, that's when it festers. Yeah. See, and that's, <laughs> I feel like that's some of the problem with the way I was raised is just like, just don't pay attention to that. Just like, mm. you know, keep going. And then, you know, also, I, I've played every sport there was growing up. So it was just like, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, get back out there, you know? So like, that was just kind of how I was raised. And so now it's like, oh, I have some time to actually like, I, I do meditate in the mornings. Like, I don't even necessarily, I guess I did just call it meditating. But like, you know, I just take some time for myself, quiet time while the coffee's making and then I write a little bit and then I get on with my day mm-hmm. it was so weird too also when people are just like giving you money because they think that like it was okay the, the, the hardest part I think for me with this whole campaign was knowing going into it that I probably wasn't going to win so it's like how are you supposed to be working your ass off and taking people's money who believe in you and you're of course doing everything you can because they put this trust in you and their money and their enthusiasm and their time and their energy and their love and you're like I'm carrying all of these things and I'm trying so hard but also Like, probably I'm not going to do the thing that you think I'm going to do. And it's like really hard because I like to win and I was, you know, a good student and a good athlete and I was good. And that's what I like to be is good. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, I tried to do this thing and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do it, but I'm still trying to tell myself that I should keep going, even though it was weird. It It sounds like
0: a real ego battle. It was weird. Because you don't want to lean into it. But again, right, your name is on all these signs you are beholden to people who are giving one you in your district. Dollars. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, let's not ignore the fact thousands of dollars are in play. Yeah. So, and of course being in a, like a, a, like a, being a previous like small business owner, you understand that that's like no small thing. Right. So, and you've uh, got to
1: watch every penny. So like, that was what I was, you know, at least had that going into it where I already had a big customer base in the neighborhood who believed in me. And I know how to manage next to no money. So those were things that were like on my team, but yeah, it was just, it was wild. Like I sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, within the course of like just over a year, I closed a business, got married, got a life-changing surgery, ran for office.
0: I mean, it sounds like a book to me. It's fine. I think you're, I think you're setting yourself up for success. It's so silly. I, I just, I can't get over the fact of like how little resources there are mm-hmm. for individuals specifically, but like specifically femme individuals yeah. who are coming out of this major, like position in life it's yeah. like okay you put yourself out there your personal life is just who out there being raked right. constantly right but now you're done yeah good luck cool bye and then you just kind of stand there
1: yeah it feels like you just got pushed off of a fucking bullet train you know and you're just like oh my god is this what am i standing without moving i yeah, it's very like just unsettling yeah And so now I'm like, oh my gosh! How have
0: you shifted that energy? Yeah. Well,
1: you know, oh god, where isn't it? It's okay. So I was already also in January. I took a job with Mode Shift, Mm -hmm. which is the nonprofit transportation equity uh, organization that I helped start about a decade ago. They lost their volunteer and membership coordinator. So I stepped down from the board to take that position. So I it's just a part-time gig, but it's kind of like most of my life revolves around multimodal advocacy. So it's just like I book, you know, I bill them for about 12 hours of my week, um, which I think we're going to be talking about making that more hours and changing that structure a little bit because I kind of am the one that has my fingers in all of these things. And like if the news wants to talk about somebody or talk to somebody about how Verizon just put a giant pole in the middle of a sidewalk, they call me. Or if, you know, we want to talk about the new Harney street cycle track that's going from Dewey park to downtown, they call me. So I am very comfortable in that role and I love it and I'm very passionate about it. And I have the historical, you know, like experience and (sighs) so that's kind of what I spend a lot of time doing. I obviously, you know, also co-host car free Midwest, another podcast where we talk about how much fun it is and is not to exist without a car. Um, in Omaha and beyond. And um, I'm also trying to figure out, so like speaking of coming off of the election, it's the uh, Omaha social eco social impact ecosystem. I, I don't even know the name, but that's something, something like that. So we're trying to figure out how to harness that momentum and not let it just completely die because it wasn't really just, again, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about Naomi. It wasn't about Cammy. It was about all these amazing people who stepped up and said, let's do something. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to figure out how to like, Kind of harness and maintain some of that momentum. So we just had an interesting call last week with some facilitator who might help guide us through some next steps to like show folks different ways of stepping up when they're, you know, action items. Um, I also started a thing called Council Club because one of the things that I ran on was, oh, hey, guess what? Two o'clock on Tuesdays is not a great time when it comes to accessible government. So we meet virtually on Thursday nights at seven thirty. Just good old zoom gathering and we talk about the agenda because i really was upset thank god uh that stupid ass colleen brennan's gone i'm just saying that with all of the feelings peace <gasps> she's gone shortest term ever for city councilor just
0: kind of makes me want to giggle
1: yeah Let's laugh a lot about that. <laughs> ha 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 ha. She's terrible. So she talks so much shit about me specifically oh. in her blog. Oh, I read Ugh. the blogs.
0: I read the entries. Such a ding it's dong. It's a really bold move on her part to just be that. Um, Hateful. Publicly ignorant. Also that. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful to witness someone doing that for themselves. Yeah. Just it's taking like, oh, themselves you really do down need on. Yep. No help Bye. from anyone. This is just what you've done. Okay.
1: Sit in that feeling yeah. then. Yeah. And sit not on the city council anymore. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> so she's gone. But before she was gone, she did a pretty good job of shaming a lot of folks. And it's like, you know what? That's the big thing with that we're trying to do with council club is like reduce the shame. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This shit's complicated. And they don't do a very good job of explaining Unnecessarily it. Unnecessarily complicated. Totally, totally. Again, there's no guide. Right. Right. So <laughs> it's dumb and it shouldn't be. So we are basically having, you know, conversations about the agenda every Thursday night because um, the agenda comes out on Thursdays and the city council meeting that the agenda is for is the following Tuesday. So Thursday night we all just gather and talk about what sticks out to us about the agenda mm-hmm. and ways that people can testify and we are trying to, you know, shift some shit. So, How many
0: active members do you have right now?
1: Um, anywhere between like 4 and 15. So it just Great. depends on the night and then we've got, you know, we record it and put it on YouTube and we've gotten um, a lot of feedback. Good feedback um that people are into it so you know it's really it's like that whole marrying the data nerd thing um scott and i this is like how cool we are is that's like already what we were doing on thursday nights it's like oh did you see the agenda what do you think about that annexation package pretty cool huh no annexation sucks but you so that's what we were doing anyway because we're really cool I would, then, I would say you guys are pretty cool.
0: I've seen those videos of Scott on that really small bike that has a motor on it.
1: <laughs> that dude turns everything into an electric DeWalt tool powered thing. It's bizarre.
0: Do you have a track on your
1: yes. property yes.
0: that he's built? Like, Does it go through your house?
1: I helped him build the ramp that shoots it through the garage. We busted out the back of the garage, which used to be like you know a normal people door. And then now it is a race trike sized hole with the I ramp. I remember
0: hearing about this from like a mutual friend a few years ago, like some sort of like legend. And I was like, Oh, that's so weird. And now I'm in front of you and I'm like, that's
1: the one uh speaking of legend so a while ago maybe three or so year four years ago I was asked to speak at Rose Hill on like entrepreneur day or small business you know career day something like that so I'm sitting in like I think it was a class of fourth or fifth graders and you know we're I was talking about the bike shop and blah 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 blah. at the end there was question and answer and this like adorable little chubby kid was like I've got a question do you know of the legend of the orange horseman?" and at that point I was like uh no i i what's you know thinking he was going to tell me some story but whatever and he's like there is a grown man in the neighborhood and as soon as he said grown man in the neighborhood i was like oh my god that's my then boyfriend i was like uh go on he's like and he rides around on this tiny orange horse that looks like it came from a rocking horse and now it's on a bike and i was like yeah i sure do i live with that legend you speak of yeah so
0: so now the more i hear about scott it just like things get better and better he's my favorite
1: person i've ever met he's You're so, so lucky good. to have married him man. i am so you, you guys are both so that, lucky dude
0: i know i feel yeah it's pretty cool i didn't realize he made all that incredible barcode art he's an again something that i heard out. about yeah. around omaha and never made the connection until i met him that day when we were doing lit drops and i, I think i told my friend michael and he was like you know who that is right i was like no who is that yeah oh never mind quick google search later figured it out
1: yeah yeah he's like spoken at the smithsonian and like has his art all over the world yeah (laughs) super casual yeah like london book fairs and like all you know he's like kind of a big deal i don't know i obviously like him a lot
0: but okay what fascinates me most is that obviously all over our city of Omaha, there are so many interesting people. Yeah. There's so many like interesting stories and like parts of their lives that they've lived as just like multifaceted individuals. because totally. you really want to break it down? Why Omaha? Why have you stuck around Omaha?
1: Uh, currently Scott Blake has talked me into staying here a lot of times. He's really? from Tampa.
0: He's like an oh. old
1: school skater, bro from for some Tampa, reason. Florida. I just, he,
0: I think it's the love for Omaha yeah. and how much work he puts into it. that. Right. Unfortunately, I just assumed. Right. No, he he, also he, he,
1: he followed a girl to Omaha a long time ago, and he just stayed because he's like, oh my God, there's no sports teams. So he hates Florida, which thank goodness, because I will never move in. Yeah, we're not going to Florida. There's plethora of sports teams
0: to choose from down there. Ugh. And beaches and it.
1: like ego driven like he told me this before we ever visited i was like that's weird way to describe it but he's like everyone you run into florida either wants to like fight you or fuck you and i was like paradise that's strange (laughs) yeah he's like so i had to get out of there and then we went down there to visit because he still has some family down there and i got and i'm not like i don't dress I mean, also fuck you if you look at people because of how they dress, and you, uh, you know, that whole thing. But everybody there does seem
0: like they want to fuck you or fight you. It's weird. It's the it's the eye gaze. I don't like it. It's like you know how like uh, photographers tell models to like smize, you know? I don't know. I think they just like are born permanently (laughs) with a smize. Okay, well. Yeah. (laughs) It's a thing, uh-huh. but, yeah, but two I two just... people
1: here. that are like, "What? What is a smug?" Yeah, <laughs> One no listener will understand. Clearly, Josh me. and I are models. <laughs> oh, that fucking reminds me of some stupid girl in middle school who was in modeling class, and I was like, "Oh my god, I could never be in modeling class." Not like pity me, I'm hideous, but like, ew, gross. No, thank you. I don't want to be a modeling class. It's anyway, the ego again. Yeah, and she's like, "Yeah, you could." There's lots of
0: ugly girls in the class, and I was like, "Oh, <gasps> sad." <laughs> so that sounds like some really solid character development you went through, right there. <laughs> oh my god, and that's fuck
1: if every so many people are like oh it just builds character like, i have enough character i don't need any more character i have so much character
0: so yeah i mean after okay, that so happens so why omaha okay so
1: florida <laughs> and then he went to scad and, and uh oh my god Savannah. georgia yes thank you and then he went to san francisco lived there for a while and then moved to omaha and i'm yeah. like oh my god you were in all these places that were not omaha and then you're like yeah omaha that's the one i don't know uh, at this point i'm like I'm staying where you're staying because you're real cool. So I guess if it's Omaha, that's fine. And also I'm from here, Mm. you know, I went to school in Lincoln for journalism and then I uh, moved back here for a minute and then met a boy and moved to Colorado. Don't fall in love with a drunk man on vacation. That's what I did there.
0: I've done that before and it took me to Vietnam.
1: But I was only gonna be back in Omaha for like six months, you know, like recollect my thoughts. Climb out of debt because that mm-hmm. ding dong left me with a bunch of debt. Uh, anyway, and so then I was like, "Hmm, there's a lot of work to do here." Because I was just gonna move to like Minneapolis or Seattle or some place that like got bike infrastructure better. um And then I was like, you know, I'm from here, and this place has a lot of potential, but it needs some help. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of kept getting sucked into things, and there's just plenty of work to do here as it pertains to active transportation.
0: That's what I find the most fascinating. It's just like truly, I love every time someone gets asked that question, I feel like the answer is usually, typically, there's a lot of work to do. Who else is going to do it? If we all leave, it'll never get better. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'll leave you with, you know, a last little piece to really go off of. I'm curious to hear how you hope that, you know, in the future, whether that be the next few years, next few months, you know, however that looks for you, how would you hope that people in Omaha start interacting with Omaha? What would that look like for you?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, that's part of the reason that we started Council Club, and that's part of the reason that I'm the membership coordinator for Mode Shift, because those are the things that I care a lot about, because um, you know, one of the things that was shocking to hear on the campaign trail was what city council? And I was just like, Oh my God. And then I'm like, wait, pump the brakes. Don't be judgy about that because like not everybody is, it's not accessible. No, they can't even not. go to a meeting. So cool. how are they expected to exactly. know? Exactly. Why would they care so, if they
0: can't even enter the right, doors? Right.
1: So that's why we started council club. So it's like, okay, let's get familiar with who's making the rules for us because I like to know the rules so that I can break them better. But you know, like it's, so I think it's familiarizing folks with who's running this place, and then that way we can change it. So I think that, I mean, obviously I'm going to say get involved with council club because we're a bunch of nerds and the doors are always open. Um, Mode shift is important to me because we are, I mean, transportation touches everything. Um, And so that's, you know, I think the thing is just regular conversations about this stuff that pops up every four years around an election cycle Mm -hmm. that's what i want to just normalize conversation about this stuff all the time so that you know we've been having this conversation that is sustained over the next four years so that when it's time to say let's vote for better folks at city hall they're like what do those people do it's like well we've been talking about it four years so now you know
0: exactly i love that well i really really appreciate yeah, your this time was real fun <laughs> i hope so i mean not that you are never in front of a microphone so it's just like extra special that i get yeah, to have you here as my first guest of what's their face oh hooray <laughs> yay this is the best yeah totally Heck this yeah. was
1: real good okay fun and then next we're gonna have to at some point talk to you about your experience on two wheels
0: i would absolutely love that
1: all right real good Um, With Mode Shift, I think the easiest way to find all of it is just modeshiftomaha.org. But we also have um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. That's all at Mode Shift Omaha. Um, And then Council Club, I've kind of been running through my old campaign account, which is um, SJ4OMA. Also, you know, all over the place. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Although Facebook, I think, is now Sarah Johnson for Omaha. It's all fucked. I don't know. I'm bad at social media. I Just like look real Sarah people. Johnson. Yeah. Take
0: a guess about which one you think she would look like. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of Sarah Johnson. There's Johnson's, a lot of them. Maybe you'll find know. the one that sells weed in the bathroom. Also,
1: Omaha Bicycle Co. is still a thing because sometimes I roll group rides through there. So, like, I don't know. I'm all over the place. Just ask somebody where Sarah Johnson is.
0: <laughs> that's perfect. SJ underscore OBC. Oh, yeah. That's another one. On Instagram. <laughs> This has been another episode of What's Their Face? Thank you for joining us. Follow us at What's Their Face Talks on Instagram and What's Their Face Pod on Twitter to look behind the scenes and find more information about each guest. This podcast was produced by Leslie Ann Swenson and Joshua LeBure. This is a production of Figure Podcasts. For more information, visit figurepodcasts.com.